Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Sam Moses. I'm with my good friend, Matt Garber. Hello. And today, we want to talk about an interesting topic that I'm calling, What You're Worried About Is Not Important. And we're going to unpack how that impacts the music industry and your personal life and your business. So, Matt... Are you ready to stop worrying about the things that are not important? I'm trying to like collectively think right now of all the things that I am worried about. (laughs) And the mere fact that I can't think of them is probably indicative of me not... I I should not have to be worrying about it in general. There you go. Yes, I am. Great. Well, let's dive into it. Let's talk about how we got into this topic. Aren't we on... I thought we were unpacking. Did we do like a a little like summer switch? We're diving now because it's it summer. It is hot. It was like 98 I think yesterday. when this airs, it'll be September. So well, the pools are closed. Nice little, nice, little, nice little pool weather. And mm. Unless you're like in Alaska or Siberia. Unpacking my swimsuit know. to dive in. <laughs> there you go. So we'll, uh, we'll unpack it in the, in the fall. Excellent. Get back into the weird mouth noises. Oh, there it is. Unpacked. That's it. Here we go. <laughs> Unpacked. Diving in, teeing off, I think it was a couple episodes ago. Yeah. We teeing might up. Teeing up and teeing off. Oh. <clears throat> Let's go. Here we go. So, Sam. Matt. How come the things that I am worried about are not important? Well, I want to give a little context to this topic. Basically, if you have ever been on Gear Sluts or a Facebook forum or an Instagram post or at a networking event, or a conference that has to do with music gear, there are usually... anything about music. Anything about music. The whole industry is worried about things that are not important. It's so Uh, gross. It's very gross. It's very toxic. And uh, basically, I was on Gear Sluts the other day, and Matt had uh, turned me on to a forum that was about Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour album basically having a moment or two of distortion in a song and people on the forum were just losing their minds because they thought how could these professionals not catch this distortion and this clipping and don't they know that it's clipping and it's distorting in these few spots and if I was in charge, if I was doing the album, I would never make a distort and clip. And it just goes on and on and on. And uh, I was just kind of observing it. And finally, uh, a couple of the guys who actually worked on the Casey album chimed in and said, hey, we did this intentional. And anything that you hear on this album, you better believe was 1,000% basically thought through and intentional. Yeah. Because... We're professionals. We know what we're doing, and everything we did is an artistic choice. So basically, shut up, get off gear sluts, and go make some music <laughs> is kind of, to me, the overarching summary. And I found that to be, um, A, I found it to be kind of funny, but also I know in my own career and in life, the one of the biggest turning points for me was... Um, to leave those almost childish debates behind and focus on the work that you want to do. And if I'm being fully transparent, when I used to be on forums or you get on a Facebook 
discussion and you go for you know hours on what's right and how do they do this and if I was the one to be doing it it really stemmed from a place for me of jealousy and ego of why is someone else working on this album and not me I I'm better than them because I could do this better and in reality uh, I didn't you don't know anything about the context of the album you don't know anything about the circumstances you don't know anything about the desire of the artists um, or the label or the producer or the engineer and or the mastering guy and really what you are worried about is just a distraction from the reality that you probably actually don't have work and your work isn't where it needs to be and you're playing some entitlement card within that of you think you should be doing better work or different work that someone else has. And for me, it's really, um, it just can consume you if you're constantly worried about how other people do their work um, because what you see on the internet is just like a brief blip of the project or what you think may have went on. And it's... um, it's just easier to never really put in the work yourself and establish relationships um, with people to do those certain projects. Like if I wanted to work with Casey Musgraves, um, that would probably take me years of meeting the right people that could get me in the right circle to make sure I'm the right fit for the project and that is a lot of work and most people do not want to do the work so the easier thing to do is to go online and throw stones basically from your computer on why people suck who work on the albums people love <laughs> the consumer <laughs> um and i just i find it all to be just fascinating uh overall in that our industry seems to love to spend energy on these things that don't matter, such as what's the best vocal compressor? What's the best way to record drums? What's the best way to do this? And then you have 20 people give out an answer and then they all start arguing about it. And then someone eventually starts doing the, look how big my fish is. And I used it on this thing. And then all of a sudden we're people are name dropping and pulling out articles. And it's like, all of this is really pretty useless and unhelpful and you're spending so much energy on asking the question and then arguing when you could have took like 20 minutes and actually just experimented on your own to find the right compressor that fits the song. And that to me is probably the biggest switch for me was I stopped engaging um, with things like that and I started to focus on the actual project that was right in front of me or if I didn't have work at the time instead of going online and worrying about things like that I decided to you know I don't really worry about a lot anymore now but worry about okay how am I going to pay the bills this month instead of asking what's the best vocal compressor it's how am I going to pay rent (laughs) how am I going to pay for groceries And then that answer would be like, oh, I need clients. Well, how many clients? And then you start working on your own business and career instead of wasting your precious, beautiful energy on a forum that really doesn't matter at the end of the day 
and probably will not give you the answer you're looking for regardless. Because what I've learned is basically when people show up to forums or any discussion on the internet, they are never approaching that situation ready to be wrong. They are loaded up with every weapon possible to show why they're correct and why you're wrong. And um, I just, I feel like it's toxic. I watch people waste so much time in town going over things like this, worrying about, you know, what gear you have and, you know, how did, how are you going to track this or so-and-so used this microphone. So you have to use this microphone, but you don't have that microphone. So now it's impossible to cut good vocals because you don't have a U87 vintage, blah, blah, blah. And it's all these things where people have just, they're just focused on all these things that don't matter. And instead of focusing on what's right in front of them, they'd rather live in a fake reality of what ifs and why you can't do this or should do this or could do this. And it's just a waste of time. And once you are able to get past that and once you're able to um, you know, stop worrying about those things, that are really not important. They're not deal breakers. People on the professional level don't worry about those sorts of things, in my experience. Um, the things I worry about now are really, like, I just, I don't really have a whole lot of worries anymore because I've embraced what I do and the way I make music. And some people like that and some people don't. And that is totally fine. <laughs> so... That's my opening monologue one, Matt. What are your thoughts, questions, concerns, rebuttals? Do you currently fear anything? Do I currently fear anything? Like worry? That sounded weird. <laughs> Do you fear anything? Do I fear anything? Um, <laughs> I would say... I got this laugh. <laughs> I would say I fear... I'm sure I have fear of something. <laughs> I, I mean, I I'm could, just having a moment. <laughs> Do you fear anything? Do you fear anything? I, I mean, I have Pull some your shit together, Matt. Illogical fears of like I'm scared of spiders being in my bed, or like if Fires. I'm if I'm on a walk and I feel something, which is probably the wind. <laughs> I just assume it was a brown recluse and I'm going to die, <laughs> or something random. Uh. But I'm pretty good at combating those sorts of illogical fears at this point. Um, no, I'm talking you know, the 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 music thing. The music thing? No, I'm not scared of anything. I don't care about your arachnophobia. <laughs> Someone might. <laughs> but do you, are you wor- like the whole like the stuff you worry about doesn't matter? Are you no. currently worrying about anything you shouldn't be? Absolutely not. I'm really not. Okay. I'm not worried about anything. <laughs> Just a weird side tangent. Music related. And for all our audience, you now know I'm I'm uh, slightly scared of spiders. <laughs> if you don't have arachnophobia, something's wrong with you. <laughs> so, no, I don't have any. I'm not worried about anything within the music industry. Um, I mean, my my biggest concern, I would say, within the music industry is just lack of education to me on how music can be made in an understanding of of what is important, which is why we're doing this podcast. Um, but that's not something I lose sleep over. It's something I I find joy in helping people understand that, hey, whether you use 1176 or LA2A or whatever on vocals, I don't really care. Does it serve the client? You know, it, currently, I don't really care if 
Justin Bieber used it or Casey Musgraves used it, is it the right fit for the context mm-hmm. for your client for what they've hired you to do? And sometimes, you know, there are times where it can be helpful to go online and read about what people have done and educate yourself, you know. But the majority of what's being said on the internet is coming from people who have never done anything. And as you say, Matt, they don't have any skin in the game, most likely. So Pretty much. I take very few opinions um, or give weight to very many opinions on the internet in general because most people are speaking from such a small experience um, with gear or situations that their point or opinion is pretty much invalid in a lot of situations because it just doesn't apply. They don't have enough experience. You ever run across those people like on Gear Sluts or Facebook who give an opinion on a piece of gear that they've never owned? Yes. That happens all the time. People do that all the time. Or people have like only used one microphone so that then becomes... The hill they reference. yeah the hill the hill they want to die on where they're just like oh yeah. the two fifty one is the best it's always the best and you're like well have you used anything else no but two fifty one Telefunk two fifty one it's like all right it's a great microphone I agree but you know there's lots of microphone or lots of sources that don't sound great on a two fifty one so anyway. That's my opening monologue. Do I fear anything musically? No. Do you have any fears? <laughs> the audience, ask yourself, do you have any fears? Let us know. <laughs> so what say you, Matt? Um, I agree with you mostly. Um, <clears throat> with me, I'm trying to think of the thing that I fear. I... The the main thing that I think about too much that I probably shouldn't, and I know I'm not, and it's like, I feel like if somebody else were to say this, they would be ashamed that they are saying it, but <clears throat> because I'm of the belief that no real idea that you have is, like, not thought by anybody else, um, there's really no, like, shame or anything in saying it. Is I'm I'm I've always been pretty pissed at how bad the music industry is at crediting, and on a system that, at least in my opinion, runs pretty heavily on credits. Um, how poorly things are credited, whether it's stuff that's being written up or whatnot, and I mean it's a completely selfish thing of me, and it's like I guess I like I went to like a military college where. He had an honor system where if you lied, cheated, stole, or were had like you had the information that somebody had done that and you did not report it, so toleration of that, uh, you were liable to be literally tried before your peers and then kicked out. <laughs> so I feel like because that was a thing for <laughs> A solid chunk of my life, um, the whole thing of like properly, like you could no shit be kicked, kick, kick, sorry, you could be kicked out of school for like literally just not citing your sources. Huh. Like, and there are professors who go out of their way to try to find an honor violation. Yeah. In, <clears throat> in that like 
<laughs> you could literally just quote Wikipedia, and so long as you cited your source, they couldn't do shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you didn't really do the paper well, <laughs> but because you cited your source, there's no violation of honor. So it's like there, there's then then that always came down to the big question, I guess, that everyone was trying to either prove or disprove is was there an intent to deceive, hmm. which is a very legal, <laughs> legalese way of saying things. Um, and I've always found like the lack of crediting in the music industry, whether it's like Apple or Spotify or a local paper or a write-up or something like that, I've always like morally found it dishonest and that like people aren't crediting. But it's like, is it like a selfish little bitchy thing of me that I'm complaining that I'm not getting credit on something that I worked really hard and close to the band on. Mm-hmm. But it's like, to another degree, it's like, is it going to affect my business? Probably not, and or more than likely not. But it's like I have had people come to me because like, hey, man, I love the work you did on this record. Yeah. And it's like, thanks. I really like the work I did on that record too. <laughs> I would love to work with you if you would love to work with me. So it's like that is a reality as well. Um so I think that's my little thing. I don't know if I worry about it, but it definitely like it definitely does not not piss me off. Yeah. So whenever you don't get like proper crediting on something and I have like this conspiracy theory that there's like someone who's like erasing credits. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like obviously like completely unfounded and stupid, but um I mean, not even close to being the truth, but it's like how I just make it work in my head so that it makes sense. Because it's like, why would you not, like, why would you not cite something? Why would you not, like, talk about who helped make your, like, your thing happen? You paid me a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. It's, like, all wrapped up in my head of, like, why, like, I, I, I just don't understand it. So it's not necessarily something I'm worried about. It's just, like, a little pet peeve. And I know I'm not alone in it, so that's yeah. kind of why I'm why I'm bringing it up. But I think that's the only thing that really, quote-unquote, I am worrying about or yeah. pissed off about or I don't know. But once again, it's what you're worried about is not really that important. Right. So... I think that's really I think that's really it. Yeah. I mean, I used to be worried about if a project didn't go great, you know, would that person then tell everyone else that I suck, essentially. <laughs> that was like a very early on, especially being in Nashville with how small the music scene really is. I mean, it's a large music scene, but it it's very tight-knit and things get around um, quickly That's or how can. Charleston is to a degree, only it's not as, uh, I don't know if saturated is the correct word. Yeah. Um, but like, there's definitely not the saturation in Charleston. There's a Nashville, but yeah. I mean, yeah, if you do a bad job, then. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like that gets circumvented by just not, like, like getting to a place confidence wise where you're not going to take on a project that's going to make you look bad. Yeah. My wife had a really good saying that I think I've said on this podcast before that um, <clears throat> when, I, when I was debating about turning down my first project, she said, you know, some money is just uh, not, or what was it? It's like some money just costs too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was, I thought that was really wise, a wise saying. Yeah, I love um, that. 
And I've kind of run my business off of that. And if a project just isn't a good fit and it's going to make me look bad because it's not really done well. And I actually was talking with a guy on Instagram about this last night um, about like how you can kind of kind of step up the quality of things that are submitted to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, at the beginning of the summer, I raised my rates. Um, and I feel like that either weeded out some of the... Um, the lower end clients or it forced some of the people who were not putting as much into production as they could. It probably made them think twice before submitting it to me or even think twice about submitting it to me Mm -hmm. um, because they didn't want to pay to have that. I actually had like an immediate thing as soon as I raised my rates about a month later um, I had a band who wanted to master stuff with me, and I told him my rates before, and I don't think it phased him. But then I think that they did a set, like, like a double take on their mix, and they said, you know, these are live; they're not the best. Let's like we're going to go into the studio here in a little bit, and I think we're going to have an album for you in the fall. So I think that would be a better fit for what you offer. Um, I was like, sure, whatever. Whatever works. I mean, I'd love to work with your live album, but I mean, my rate's going to stay the same. So um, I feel like that also helps kind of like circumvent that. But yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely like a, like an interesting thing. And he was talking about like things that like he was kind of fearing. So this episode, when we really don't plan them out, I don't think that well. <laughs> it's more of like an immediate like riff. Yes. Uh, off the cuff type thing. Sometimes there's a schedule. Today there's not. You can probably tell. Um, but like ultimately it's like there are things that you can do about legitimate things you are worrying about, but like in general, and it's like the things that you can fix, typically you can fix through some type of a financial structure. It's like my rates went from 50 bucks a track to 85 bucks a track. That's a 58% increase. And so that's definitely going to like ward people off. Yeah. But we should do another episode on raising our rates. Yeah, we should. Because that was like so long ago. That was, was like single-digit episodes. And now you have raised your rates, so you have experience. I've raised my rates, but I, I feel that might be like a little towards the end of season two. Yeah. Because I don't have enough empirical data to say what it's like. You raised your rates too. Yes, I did. So we'll oh. prob- we, we should probably wrap at the end of the year. Always be raising your rates. Or at least like testing your market. I had a formula. I couldn't find the formula. Yeah. For like if if like you should raise your rates. It's literally a formula for how yeah. you do it. Yeah. I tried looking for it and I couldn't find it. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, back on track. Yes. Uh things you worry about. Yeah, I used to worry about, you know, if I didn't not so much that I did a bad job on the project, but sometimes you're not the best fit. And when you're starting out you mm. may go through a learning curve of what you're actually a good fit for. Initially, when I started music, I thought everything was a good fit for me if they paid me money, <laughs> and that was not true. Um, so once you kind of get your, uh, I guess, sea legs under you um, in the industry and you kind of realize, oh, there are, you can make a living off doing really only genres you like or or things like that, then you can start to kind of zone in on what you really like doing and where you're a really good fit. But, I mean, there have been 
there have been probably three projects that I have gotten straight up fired off of um, from major labels. And it was mainly because it just didn't seem to be a good fit. And there is a lot of worry wrapped up when you start to deal with labels, it's really easy to think, well, if I do a, if I got fired off this, then nobody will ever want to work with me from that label. And I have found that to be not true. I've found the firings. And when I say firing, it's not like someone's mad. Um, it's different than maybe what people are thinking. It's more so of like you do some work and people are just kind of like, you know what, this just isn't the sound we were going for. We thought we wanted you, and we don't want you. And that's kind of not really a pro- like not a personal <laughs> attack on me, usually. I try not to take it that way. Um, you know, and that when that happens, it's really easy. You know, I found myself worried about like, well, shoot, like now the five other artists I work with on that label are they not going to work with me anymore? And none of that has ever happened. I've never, there's never been a ripple effect for me, at least to my knowledge. Mm. I mean, maybe there could be some that, you know, the projects I never then got, but I don't play that game of the what ifs, but it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. And, um, you know, to think that you will always be the best fit or always knock it out of the park, you know, that's, kind of my mindset, but reality, you know, there's things in my life that I think I will like or enjoy and I don't, or I buy and I return. Like there have been pieces of gear I bought and I'm like, I thought this was going to solve this problem and it didn't. So I return it when on paper, it should be great, but it wasn't. And that's just part of life. Um, So I kind of gave up that fear or that worry a while ago. Well, not a while ago. I was probably just last couple of years, I finally feel like I'm over that sort of worry of if one project goes bad, you know, will that ruin my quote unquote, you know, career that's going on? And the answer has always been uh, no, no. My theory is that no project really makes or breaks your career at all. Um, I think, you know, you could do projects that, that people know, but you still need the uh, phone to keep ringing, basically. And sometimes the phone rings more than once you do a popular project that people recognize. But I mean, um, this is like another whole episode. Yeah. I feel like what keeps the projects coming in is your people management skills. Yes, absolutely. People management. It's like how well you are able to manage people and manage their stuff. I mean, I I had somebody write into me yesterday and say, Hey, could we get the instrumentals tomorrow morning? And I said, I haven't even gotten anything from you. <laughs> so that's always a fun one. <laughs> once I get that, we can talk about timeline. Yes. So it's 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 all people management. I mean, if you manage that situation like a dick, then guess what's not going to happen? You're not going to get that return client. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's like if you want to be a if you want to be in this for the long haul, you need to stop worrying about like oh well, if I get this piece of gear, this will be my end all be be all. This will like I will have this until the day I die, and then you listen to it and you're like, 
oh, well, that doesn't do jack for me. <laughs> and it's like you build up like a piece of gear or a plugin or something in your head. Luckily, most plugins you can demo. And unfortunately, most gear, if you're not really like close to one of the major music cities, you're going to have to kind of bite the bullet on if you can't get your hands on a demo or something. Or it's like the whole, like I got this, uh, this knife varimu compressor and there's none to demo and the dude's in freaking Finland or Norway or something and it's like if you want it you buy it yeah. <laughs> no demo at all and no one's gonna hook you up with it um, so and it might be great or it might suck yeah. um, but gear will not be your make or break it'll be your people management skills absolutely and that I think is a great thing do we call that stewardship stewardship sure it's Ooh. A, a very pro word, stewardship. It's a very, uh, it's a very churchy word. Yeah, that's why I, all I think about is being a good steward of the resources that have been given to you. Or yeah, but I think that to me is like when we're talking about what you're worried about is not important. Is you know, if you're worried about gear, that's in my experience not important. If you're worried about whether this project will make or break you, that's not important. If you're worried about what people will think of your work, when you you know post it on Instagram or Facebook, you're not that important. Like, <laughs> they probably don't care. <laughs> you're gonna get like five Damn. robots that just say like, "Oh, awesome work! DM me. Let's collab." And then you'll get like <laughs> your mom maybe gives you Do a thumbs you up. Need beats. Yeah, and then you get everybody who was involved in the project saying, great job, and you're like, yeah, we already know this. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that's like, even on the high level, like, you can, it's just not, we're just not that important in what we do as far as publicity and being famous. And I think, um, I think the internet and social media, and I think uh, there has become a bit of a celebrity status with mixers and engineers with, signature plugins and having videos and all that stuff's kind of fun and helpful but I think um, people have started to feel like you know basically you could be an influencer as a mixer you know as we see social media influencers so people start to worry about everything appearance you know is the angle right on the gear is you know the sh- the photo good enough is the album good enough you know, what are people thinking? What, you know, whatever, what will they think of my story that I post today? And you can get lost in all of that and it can suffocate you from being yourself and it can suffocate you from trying out new things because you're scared of criticism. And, um, I mean, that's how I felt very early on was worried about, you know, what if I say the wrong thing, use the wrong signal chain or in a session I... I use a, a compressor that's usually for drums, but I wanted I used it on vocals. Like, how dare I? What will the engineer think or the artist? And it's like, no one really cares. And the people that want to be a, um, a Scrooge about that sort of stuff um, are probably people you don't want to work with anyway, and they're probably not very, I'll say, successful, I guess. It's easy to... Um, be intimidated by people who talk a lot, and you can assume that because they've ta- they are talking so much that they know something or have had the experience to back it up. But I've found a lot of the time, like we were talking earlier, 
most people don't have that much experience in general, and there's very few experts in this industry. Um, and I would say most of the experts who we consider experts would say they're not experts either. <laughs> they're just hmm. kind of doing their thing. And because they're so appears to be confident in the way they make music and their sound, um, we view them as experts. But really, they just have a confidence that what they do is, and how they make music is how they want to. And people have paid for that. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that, you know, there's definitely been things over the years that I've been worried about, you know, and I think the main thing that a lot of people struggle with is what will people think, you know, what do people think of me? When I post that, what do they think of me? And then how will that impact my life? And um, some of the the issues I've seen that have come from this is you have a lot of people who are being not fully transparent on the internet. And this doesn't mean you have to air out your dirty laundry on the internet, but the amount of people that talk to me or meet up with me and my understanding of them going into the meeting is that they're successful, busy, you know, really crushing it, it appears. And then we have a meeting and they say, I'm actually, this is, I've been slow. I can't pay my bills. I'm in debt. This isn't going well. How do I, you know, get out of that? Like, it's pretty astounding how many people I have that conversation with. And, um, you know, it's the internet allows you to paint whatever picture you want. And I just wish that people would stop worrying about like, is, is the Instagram vibe enough? You know, is the song good enough? It's just like, forget all that. And, and are you happy with what you're doing? Did you serve the client well? And that's kind of it. Like, were you a good steward, if we want to get into that word? Were you a good steward of the time that you spent on it, the resources that were given to you, and, you know, respecting the client's wishes? And then you just have to, like, let it all go once you're done, is just let that uh, that butterfly fly, that caterpillar turn into a butterfly and go. And then that's it. You can't do anything after that, really. Um and if there's anything I've learned about any of this, it's like I said before, it's some people will like your work and some people will not like your work and it's got nothing to do with you. It's not a personal attack and the world will not stop spinning uh, if someone doesn't like your work or if you get fired off a project. Um, it's just not that big of a deal. You just keep going. You, there's always another project, you know, another client that needs your services. And... Um, you know, there's not much to worry about, in my opinion, now, you know, being 10 years into this, it's, I just, I don't have a whole lot of worry about anything, mainly because I've been through so much stuff in the last 10 years and situations that you kind of just learn um, that people are people. And if you want to keep doing, you know, the work you're doing, you're, you'll find clients like there's plenty of work for everybody and there's millions of songs on Spotify that sound all so drastically different, which has always been encouraging to me when I go through a playlist on Spotify and I'm like, wow, everything sounds so strange and different (laughs) from song to song sonically. Um, 
it just to me proves that people hire you for kind of you know the experience and people management kind of like you said which I think should be an episode we do called people management because that to me is what Matt and I kind of joke about is like we're not in the music industry we're in people management industry and then my other joke is that no one knows anything so <laughs> it's kind of yeah the, mo- the, the moment twofold. that you realize and then accept that you don't know what you're doing and you probably already know this because you are you and introspectively you're like God, how has anybody been doing this? And like, how are like these people like making it by? And then you kind of look around and you realize that, huh, they don't know what they're doing either. They're not going to admit it, but they don't know what they're doing. And then you kind of like look at your parents and you're like, huh, they didn't know what they're doing either. Maybe it's okay that I don't know what I'm doing. Exactly. And the whole thing feels a lot better. Absolutely. And feels a lot less stressful. Or, I mean, it could feel way more stressful because you realize no one really knows what's going on. Right. Um, so, but once you reach that understanding, then you can, you can reach out to somebody because you are, you're probably ashamed because you don't think that you know like how to do X, Y, or Z. Right. It's like when I became a dad, there's no like instruction manual that comes with a kid. And especially a kid who has like colic, which is kind of like some like intestinal like gas or something like that. They can't like fart or something like that. And so like every night from like 6.30 to 11, this kid for two months was just screaming his head off. And it was really difficult to like this thing that came into your home and kind of like changed everything up. Um, But, you know, eventually that goes away and they develop a personality and it's like this part of your heart opens up that you didn't know was available for excessive amounts of joy. Um, But no one teaches you how, like I guess speaking to the parents, no one teaches you how to be a parent. No one teaches you, like, all, like, the crazy stuff. I guess you can do classes and prepare yourself as much as you want. Um, And then you kind of, like, as you're going from, like, thing to thing, you just realize how much your parents were just kind of winging it. Mm -hmm. And you look at that and you're like, wow, (laughs) how the hell am I, like, how did I make it? How did this happen? How did I make it this far? So... Once you realize that you don't know anything, and you probably already know this, um, and you're about 50% there, and then you realize that nobody really knows what they're doing, it's pretty darn freeing. Right. In that you don't really worry about these things anymore. You don't worry about the whole thing. Oh, well, if I go over minus 14 luffs, then it's going to be turned down on Spotify, even though Spotify doesn't really measure in luffs. And bullshit. It's like, who cares? Serve the freaking music. Right. Don't worry about if stuff's going to be turned down by some weird guy in Sweden. Or Sweden or Switzerland or whatever it is. It's like, who gives a shit? It's like, just serve the music. It's like, they're hiring you. Spotify isn't hiring you. Right. Spotify's going to be done in like five years anyway. 
So the lawsuits will finally catch up. Yes. So then we'll have like a whole new set of problems. <laughs> exactly. And no one It'll knows what okay. they're doing. And you know what? When everyone thought back in the early 2000s or I don't know, in like the mid 2000s that, oh, well, digital's finally, finally taking a turn and we're like upgrading like USB and Thunderbolt and Firewire and all this stuff. And like the mid 2000s at like 10, 11, 12, 13. It's like you're going to have some, you're going to be like 20 years into this and you're going to have some like snot nosed kid being like, dude, but have you used USB one? <laughs> it like, you didn't know that you were operating in a vintage era. Uh-huh. Yo, have you tried 44116? <laughs> Holy crap. No one knows what they're doing. Right. <laughs> Well, the it's thing, all good. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The stuff that you're worrying about right now is going to be an antiquity and people are going to be like, yeah, but have you tried this? Right. Don't worry about it. It's stupid. Yeah. And the other thing that I found to be helpful is the approach to life that the reason why no one knows anything is because we've never done this life. And so for me we are conditioned to put so much pressure on executing at a high level immediately, no matter what industry you're in. Um, but I have just found that if you approach life from the, the standpoint of, oh yeah, I've never, I've never had a career as a mastering engineer before, so why would I be an expert yeah. at this? And oh yeah, I've never, you know, for you, you know, never been a dad, so why would I be an expert in this already? And for me, when I got married, you know, it was, oh, I'm a husband. I've never been a husband before. So why do I have, why do I think I should have this knowledge of a, you know, of a, a husband who's 30 years into a marriage when I'm, you know, nine. And it's, yeah. it's all of that to me, that mindset has been so freeing for me to not worry about things of like, oh, I just got fired off a project. And uh, of course, I don't know how to handle that because it's never happened to me before. So these feelings and emotions I'm having are very normal and very like, you know, it's just what happens. And then you you see it, you acknowledge it, and you don't let it, you know, stop you from continuing on, moving forward in life and growing and learning. But I just, I found that, that idea of basically like, we've never done this before. You've never done your life before. You've never tried this before. Um... And so give yourself a break. Like be gracious to yourself and understand that everyone is in that same boat of we've never done this before. So there's going to be a lot of unknown uh, even as you go further into your career. It's like Matt's saying, like there will be things, there are things that I'm going to be worried about probably that don't <clears throat> exist yet <laughs> in our world. <laughs> and... Um, you know, you just take it as you come and as it comes and you, and to me, there's a healthy way to approach, you know, stress and worry and all that. And to see it as, you know, something you can be aware of, but not alarmed, <coughs> alarmed with. And, um, you know, I would just be gracious. Everyone who's listening to yourself that you're not mm -hmm. behind, you're not missing out. The things you're worried about, you know, may seem really important and, and very weighty and intense, but most likely it's not. Um, and we have the gift of having people 
in our life that we can talk to and say, hey, I'm worried about this. You know, Matt and I talk about stuff all the time where it's like, hey, I have this problem. What do I, what do you think? And then you give an answer and then you dialogue and then you see what works and what fits and what doesn't. And maybe the problem gets solved and maybe it doesn't. But either way, um, you know, it's very normal to worry about things, but also to be proactive in that, you know, find some good people that you can talk with and figure it out, sort it out. And then you'll see that it's not that big of a deal, the thing you're worried about. So that's all I have for today. I'm done. Do you have anything else, Matt? Um, yeah, just be lenient on yourself. And it's like once you realize that like there is an issue, I mean, you can either work through it like in your own head or you can talk it out with other people and that genuinely, like, you'll find that there's community in that. If you have an issue, give it a name. And then if you need to talk about it with somebody, you talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I go about solving issues that are a little bit above my pay grade. I mean, this podcast is, like, a really good, like, church almost, a good therapy. Because yep. it's like, if I'm having an issue, it's like that whole crediting thing. I'd never talked about that before. <laughs> And it's like, I'm sure there will be people out there who think that it's petty. And I'm sure there will be people down the line who write in about it being like, yeah, what the hell's with that? And I was like, I don't know. So it just is what it is. And you can either fight it and you can get crediting to be (laughs) more of a thing or or not and just kind of live with how it is. So, but that's kind of, that's kind of the, the way that I've gone by it is you define what it is, you give it a name and then um, you talk about it. So that's really all I have. I love it. Let's wrap. That's perfect. And never you'll deal in with shit. So Sam, I think it's about time to wrap. Let's wrap. Let's wrap. Wrap it out. So you wanna you wanna get a little music going? Yeah, I'll get some music going. All right. We got a DJ Sam Lightning in the house. <laughs> got a little uh, got a little like vinyl. Whatever it is, scratching. Scratching. I don't know what it's called. Scratching. It'll be called scratching. Okay. Nice. This is going to put like a real uh, interesting spin, no pun intended, on your your music. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Just the song that I can have that I've already probably made. All right. We're going back to like the 90s with this one, I imagine. It's like a breakbeat. It's like old hip hop. Can't wait. Golden era of hip hop. So many, just flinging records. Yep. Flinging them, spinning them. All right, this episode's <laughs> dead. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Thank you for all listening, right. everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what we're saying, uh, please like, comment, subscribe, um, leave us a review wherever you are. It seriously means the world. Write in, let us know that what we're saying does not suck, or if it does, write in and tell us that it does suck, and we'll. Might change something, might not. We might like it the way it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> anywho, Sam, you cue the music, cue and it. whatever you're having, have a darn good one. See y'all later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>